It's beginning to look a lot like it's time to do our podcast. We're podcasting. It is. It's Thursday. Thursday. The Thursday. The Thursday. Following our Christmas show. It's so good. It was good. My goodness. It, it I told great. our team, it's the smoothest Christmas production I've ever had the privilege of being a part of. You're welcome. Yeah. That's great. I, I mean, I even I gave you credit at each service. Like this was a vision of yours, and seeing it now like play out, or I use a good word. I use come to fruition. Ooh, come to fruition. But yeah, man, it's such a it's a great idea. It was uh, just done well. Thanks, man. Everybody, man, the kids did great. The you did. I mean, all the choirs, did good. I like mean, everything was. Just you did good. good. Uh, I would like to say Riley did good, <laughs> but we'll never know yeah. since he didn't show up. Wow. He just didn't come. Yeah. He was like, look, I'm not going to be there. Those were his words. His words exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. What the heck? This is false information here. This is not worship. false information. This is not false information. Oh, did anything? Did any? Did I say anything wrong? No, he wasn't going to be there. Right. But he you're said, not I giving can't all of the information. Well, that's not false, false information. information. You're right. I take it back. My apologies. It's selective. Selective. <laughs> he was really, really sick, everybody. Yes. He couldn't make it. And I felt really bad for him. I'm teasing. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. It was a good night. Though. It was so good. It was a good night. I the think kids, next the kids year, were getting wore out, though, at six. Yeah. I think next year I do want to do like a kid, like a kid, like a very, very kid-centric song. Yeah. What do you think about just doing a kid's song? Yeah, I don't know. It's too specific. It's too. It's almost too specific. I yeah. think. Like I like. I like when you have kids singing for a while, and then the, the choir, the, the adult jump. choir, like rolls in with them. Yeah, and we can just create our own arrangement of something too. I, I think, think we think, could. I was we'll thinking about that. I was like, you know, we were talked about going and finding something. I was like, I bet we could just pick a song and say, "Hey, choir, you're not coming in until the bridge of this song." The kids are going to sing all this first half. Yeah, you know, and then. Then we'll get a big bridge, all the choir, all the voices. I thought hey, we could do that. We could probably do something. We could like just that. write our own song. We could. We could just do it right now. We could do it like the song I wrote earlier about lamenting. Lamenting. Gosh, that was such a, a powerful did that, piece. Did that move you? Yes, yeah, it, it was moving. All right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was lamenting all over. You the lamented. Place. You were just lamenting. You do it. You clean it up. I'll tell you that. <laughs> so the reason behind that joke, folks. Oh, reasons is I sent him a song yesterday, and it's a new song. By uh, yeah, Christian with a K. Yeah, Christian with a K. And uh, it's not a bad song, but it it. <laughs> Go ahead and explain it how uh, you you explained it. But it, I mean, not a bad song. Nothing wrong with the song. I don't even but... remember what I said. What did I say? <laughs> Hold on, it's in the. Uh, oh, I'm trying to. It's I'm... in the Three Amigos text. Oh, it's thread. in the Three Amigos. Yeah. All right. Where's that? Oh, one? it says, "Let's write a song that is not celebratory and focuses on when everything is bad and we don't know the answer. We lament. When I am troubled by situations that I can't do anything to fix, I lament. My response was deep. That was it deep. is deep. That is deep. I do think. Okay, but you, I, I didn't have it. I didn't actually listen to the Christian Stanfield song. But what? I, I didn't listen to it. This whole this whole conversation is predicated on the fact that I just said. So right, listen to this. You song. made that part. You you're the one who started the conversation with that. <sighs> this, you never. Now I just gave false information. No, you just you you had information that you misinterpreted. I did misinterpret it. It's not false though. 
So, but you want to write a song? I legit. I do think I le- actually legitimately. Let's go back and clean this up. <laughs> we're gonna, folks. We're sorry. We're sorry. We've created such a mess. It's, it's Thursday at three. We just finished. Get the out funeral, your brooms because like... it's a mess. It's a mess. Get out your brooms, everybody, because we're about to sweep up this garbage. Well, we were just talking about this is a long week. Like yeah, a long week a long leading week. up to it. So we had. So if we let's say Saturday morning, we had rehearsal. It's a long week for a lot, you know, our crew, you know, our yeah. volunteers yeah. too. But Saturday morning we had rehearsal. Sunday morning, you know, we both did three services. But for me, I did three services. Two of them were worship plus being in the drama with yeah, Cliff, which is a lot. And then the afternoon we got back at like two. Mm-hmm. You got back early in that, cleaned up. And then we did a three o'clock. Oh, yeah. I just come straight here, man. And then we had a break. And then we had a, I didn't go home. I yeah. mean, we, we went out yeah. to eat. We had a break and then we did a six o'clock performance. Mm-hmm. And then Monday, we had a funeral service. Tuesday, we didn't really have anything other than staff meeting, which is exhausting. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and I had rehearsal, I had rehearsal that night and then uh, with the VP people. And then Wednesday, you know, it's normal like Wednesday stuff. First we Wednesday had prayer. First Wednesday prayer. We had rehearsals. And then today, you and I just finished doing a service, a funeral service. Just a lot happening. Yeah. And then right after a big week. And then. Is that it? No, and then this Sunday, or this weekend for you, personally. I did three dramas, plus you worship. Got three dramas, plus worship, plus a daughter who's in three different performances yes. over three different days. So you got you got a lot going on. Anyways. And my son's playing the soccer game tonight. Tonight. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So a lot going on. And you've got, your kids got flag football tonight. Flag football, yeah. Tuesday and then we're going was, to a gala tomorrow night. We're going to a gala. We're going to dress I'm up. Pretty, I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be neat. It's going to be nice. nice. Yeah. It's going to be real nice. Yeah, we got a long, table. We got a long table. Since I've been to Sponsored like by ProCare Pool Service. Let's go. Bringing you high quality pro service <laughs> since 2017. <laughs> Family owned business. Owned by me. By <laughs> myself. Natalie's so upset that we're all coming. She's like, why are you guys all coming to Yeah, because she's nervous about the quality of the music that's going to be at the gala. And we're literally taking the entire music industry staff. <laughs> And Katie Strong's going, so it's like it's like the seven. Like Phil could go, so it's the seven of us plus Katie Strong, yeah. who's a, who's like a trained yeah, singer. phenomenally yeah yeah. So, but yeah, a lot going right, on. Let's go back though. Let's I want to go back to the lament. Let's go back to lament. Okay, I do uh, serious talk. Serious talk now. So, I love celebratory songs. Um, and not all songs we do are celebratory, but I think everybody knows what I'm talking about. You know, like I thank God and. You know, these big songs that we do. I mean, there's a lot of even hymns that are celebratory, but um, like when we all get to heaven, you know, whatever, gospel songs. That's great. And there's a big place for those. And I think that should be like a primary thing. But, you know, what? All right, let me ask you this. What is one of the biggest questions that people ask that drives them away from the faith? Why did God what? Let that happen yeah yeah absolutely right Mm -hmm. so they see like a tragedy right so for instance like you look at god is all loving why does yeah the look at the different ways it's phrased right you know i'm with you now no no i know you know but you see hurricanes wipe an area out you see tsunami wipe an area out you see earthquakes and all these people die you see like the israel hamas Mm -hmm. situation so you and i you know we would look at that and we would have our own like ideas on how that should be done and how that should be handled you know, and we would fall definitely, you know, on the same side of that, the very conservative side with Israel and, and just, you know, them protecting themselves really just as a sovereign nation. Yeah. You know? But you and I are sitting over here, two dudes in central Florida in the town of Leesburg. What are we going to do to effectually make a difference mm. in that chaos? Nothing. Mm-hmm. 
So the question has to be answered by the believer. Not has to be answered, but the question is posed to the believer. What do you do when you can't do anything about it? Mm. And, and I know everybody's listening now. They're going, pray, Stephen. It's pray. I'm going to send him a message and tell him pray. Yeah, right. Pray, pr- praying for sure. But what do you, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And I think the answer is, and I got this, I got this from, um, the, um, the theologian I would listen to, um, oh, what's his name? I don't know. Uh, J, uh, right. JT. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yep. Good night. My brain just stopped working. His big thing is when we don't, when we don't know what to do, we lament. Mm-hmm. And we just we basically lament like we 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 let ourselves grieve the situation for the situation that it is for the for the problem that it is for the grief that it carries it, it lamenting is not going in and and in like being mad at God or whatever, but it is a sense of crying out to God and lamenting and and just grieving almost like you would think that there was that grief that God had when he looked at how wicked the people were and he mm. did the whole ark situation, yeah. the flood, you know, like he was like, Oh man. Yeah. Like, ugh. you know, uh, or, or like when Christ was on the cross and God's looking in the sin of the world, you know, as he turns away. Yeah. My God, why have you forsaken? There's like this, that, I don't know that, that, that just reeks of mm-hmm. lamenting to me. Yeah. I always, I always envision, <clears throat> lamenting with the uh the sackcloth and ashes in the old testament right like those moments of just wailing and you know being before the lord and whether it is you know the, and there's different circumstances in the old testament that talks about with you know the recognition of one's sin but also the depravity of the nation of israel that took place but it's all moments where they just get before god and there's a brokenness a humility that comes it says we we i, I don't know what else to do but and this, you just lament. This, this and you, is it. And you just cry. Yep. And and you and you grieve. Absolutely. And then you you pour that out. It's, I think there's I think there's uh, emotional and even physical and spiritual cleansing from lamenting. Yeah. Because what we want is answers. All it's a very west. I think it's a. I think it's in my not completely educated view. It is a very western concept of being mad at God for bad things happening. Mm. Because I, you don't, you know, I, I believe just from what I've heard that folks like, you know, not in the, the, the developed industrial West, successful West, mm-hmm. they never, when something bad happens, they don't go, oh, yeah, God is just non-existent. God, where's God? Oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to turn my back on God and I'm going to join an online Reddit group to talk about how much I hate God. Yeah. They just go like. They know that life is a mixture of joys and a mixture of tragedies and grief, mm-hmm. but it's not God's, it's not like something you pin on God and then you be mad at God, but you, you find under the umbrella of an all loving God. Yeah. That's, that's where, that's where like my, um, my thoughts, you know, where I've been thinking more and more about what, what a relationship with God is can really be like because i honestly do feel like we we miss that a lot Mm -hmm. and i think i think a lot of it in i don't mean to be controversial but a lot of it is from a cult like a again i'm not picking on the west because i am so happy to be alive in the west just let me tell you yeah 
I love it. I love America. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love being a Christian here. But I do think a lot of it is this, that, that kind of Western evangelical mindset we had where it was a easy believe. You feel a little guilty in a service. Everybody bows their head. You repeat a prayer and you raise your hand. And now you have, you have like suddenly you have this deep abiding relationship with a all loving, all knowing mm-hmm. God. Like all of a sudden, like you have that. Like it's, it's to me, it's more like God. We talked about it before in previous episodes, but God desires to dwell with his people. Mm-hmm. And if God desires to dwell with his people, then he wants to dwell with you. Yeah. He doesn't want to just be outside of you somewhere. And every once in a while, when you're in emotional space, you reach out for him and grab him. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying, I mean, I've lived that way mm-hmm. and I'll probably still live that way in some weird, like unfortunate way. Mm-hmm. Hopefully not, you know, hopefully like I'll shift from a, from that kind of mindset, but, but that, that we would have a relationship where actually we dwell with God, like God dwells within the believer. Mm-hmm. It's not some kind of separate thing. Yeah. Struck me today in the funeral. Right. So John 14, Jesus, this was this, I, I'm probably reading into it just because, you know, but, but we know the passage because Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's like, look, I'm going like I'm heading, I'm going, but you, you'll know how to get there. And Thomas is like, Hey, we don't, we don't know the way mm-hmm. we don't know. And what did Jesus say? Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, Thomas, I am the way, way truth, life, the truth and the life. <clears throat> no one comes to the father except through me. I started thinking about that and there's one way to look at it where you could say, well, he says he's the way, right? So that means that Jesus is like a gate and we're here and we're journeying through the field to the gate that is Jesus. And we open the Jesus gate and then we go through it, but he doesn't just say he's just the way he says, he's also the truth, Mm -hmm. right? Okay. We're supposed to walk in truth, mm-hmm. right? And Jesus says, I am the life. Life, yeah. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I'm wondering what that through, I wonder if through, I think, see, that's probably the word through to me a little bit. Like, I wonder if through is through, like through, or with. Mm. Because wouldn't it be, isn't it amazing to think about this, is that God in three persons Blessed Trinity, right? He fills us with his Holy Spirit, so we're dwelling with God. And because of Christ and the indwelling of him in our lives through the Holy Spirit, we walk with him, and he is the way, the truth, and the life every day for us until we just basically walk into the presence of the Father. Mm -hmm. Mm. That's a game changer. Yeah. So when you have that in context of this indwelling of God in our lives, not some kind of you just randomly get to him or man, you, 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 you know, you, you know, you, you go over here, you go over there, you do this, you hear that. And it finally, you know, it's like you're walking with him, like you're going with him in a relationship with him until he leads you home to be with the father, but he's with you the whole time. Mm hmm. It's kind of like when he told Joshua, like, I will never leave you or forsake you. Like this 
presence there. You know, I mean, it's a different problem. It's a different thing, different situation. But that concept, I think some principles like hang out that way. So then taking that all the way back to the journey through life, then when we hit situations where we literally don't know what to do, we don't know how to process it, we're still walking with God. And so he's He's like with us. And, and then we often go, well, he's not surprised by it. Well, m- maybe not, but maybe that's not the best way to look at it. Maybe it's like he is that friend that's closer to the bro- with you, closer to you than a brother could be, and he's walking with you, and then you hit this you hit this tragedy, you hit this roadblock, you see this world event unfold and it grieves your heart. And we have a high priest that's not untouched by our infirmities. We have a, a Jesus who, when Lazarus died, he wept just like we would weep when we lose our friend that is dwelling in us. And so when we weep, he weeps with us and we rejoice. He rejoices with us. And so when we lament, we lament with him. And then that's where the beauty of when we don't know what to say, the Holy spirit gives utterance mm-hmm. like on our behalf because he's indwelling us, yeah. not just zip it in because we're having a kick and worship service, but like he's like with us. And so this concept of lamenting is just saying, I don't know what to do. And so, mm-hmm. Lord, I'm with you. You're with me. I'm grieving. Yeah. I'm hurting. And then he provides comfort because he's the Prince of Peace, which we're celebrating the birth of the Prince of Peace, mm-hmm. which is also a beautiful thing because, like, you look at you look at Philippians chapter 4, and Paul, you know, he's telling him, he's like, look, be anxious for nothing. But in everything. But in everything. With prayer. And supplication, and supplication and thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds through. And I just wonder again, maybe with mm-hmm. Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Because it's this constant indwelling of the spirit. You look at Jesus when he said, this is how you should pray. You say, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come that will be done on earth. Like God's desires for his kingdom to be built on earth. And how does he build his kingdom through his people Mm -hmm. indwelling us? Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. And so like, I do think I really honestly do think it would be awesome to have songs of lament songs that kind of capture, capture that for us. Because what a letdown it is when you just don't actually want to sing, I thank God. Mm-hmm. Because everything just really is bad. Yeah. I had that moment, right? So <clears throat> for those of you on the podcast that don't know, my youngest, Ezra, has a ton of medical stuff. And when he was born, uh, I was in Chipley, Florida. Kayla had to stay in Jacksonville. Found out Jacksonville couldn't take care of him. Ended up in Gainesville. COVID happens. We lived two, you know, for two years, three and a half, four hours apart. Um, I had three big ones. She was living there with him. And my song selections, one of the things that um, was brought to my attention was that my song selections had changed for Sunday mornings. Because I didn't, I didn't want to sing. I, I, I didn't want to sing certain songs because I wasn't, I wasn't there and it was, you know, something I had to work through, but it's absolutely real. Like there are certain seasons and certain things that happen that certain things you just don't want to say, you don't want to sing, you don't want to talk about, you don't want to deal with, you know, and, and it is a season of lamenting where it's, I don't have anything else to say. 
I don't have anything else to do. I don't have anything else to give. What, what, here, here I am. And it's really that season. It's just, uh, in my mourning, in my griefing, in my frustration, in my anger, whatever it is, like, this is me. And I, I don't know what you want for me next. I don't know what you need for me next. I don't know. And I think, I think we don't see a lot of that because, you know, so the Abarna study in 2012, I was in Christian worldview, um, at that time, uh, college course. And it, part of it talked about Western Christianity versus the rest of the world. And the Barna study showed how many in other countries outside of where we currently reside accepted, I'm doing air quotes, accepted Jesus into their hearts. That is a foreign concept to anybody outside of the, you know, United States and Mexico and Canada. Like, it's a foreign concept. It's a surrender, not an acceptance in for foreign, you know, foreign understanding of scriptures. It's I surrender. He is king, not I accept. Now I go live. And there's a difference there. And what's happened here is I go live. I'm going to live. I've accepted Jesus. I've accepted Jesus. But I'm going to go live my life. It's no, I surrender my life. And he is king. So what does he, mm. what does he desire? Yeah. What does he want? And there's, there's a big, you know, there's a big difference in that. And I think it changes the understanding of lamenting. Because if you fully surrender to something right. and something gets broken, there's a real like anguish that comes from that brokenness. But if you're just living your life and, oh, we had a little blip, does the anguish really take place? Yeah. So, but we could go because I could talk about the thesis I wrote for my master's degree. Yeah. And we could, I mean, sure, it changes. Yeah. I mean, I'm but, sure what you walk through changes, yeah. changes the scope of your faith and, and really everything. I was, it was interesting. That's a beautiful story. And uh, I have just, uh, for me, I talk about, Jennifer and I have talked about it many times, just about you and Kayla. And, uh, you know, nobody, you know, nobody, you, you guys know yourselves, you know your lives and all that kind of stuff. But one of the things that I'm super impressed with is there is a lot of people and that would have, that would have given up, that would have walked away, that would have abandoned the faith. They would have been like, man, I'm a good Christian dude. I'm going to Christian college. I'm trying to raise a Christian family. I'm a minister. And yet I've had one son that had to have, you know, all this crazy surgery. And then I have another son that is, it's, it's unbelievable, Mm -hmm. like this whole situation. And you could go through all those questions and I'm like, and then all that separation you had and like all that stuff. And I'm like, whoa, like this, this is an impressive couple. Like that's an impressive dude and an impressive lady that that walked through that and navigated that, held on to their faith, held on to their marriage, still trying to raise kids, still trying to provide, still doing everything that they can do. Sure, not everything's perfect. Sure, that leaves scars. Sure, it brings trauma and all that stuff that you're gonna just be working through for a long, long time. Yeah. But but yet you didn't like abandon because you held on. And that's that's when when you said you made a comment, you said, like, I was in that moment and I was like, well, what do you want me to do next? What should I do? Like, you know, all this is trash. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm just sitting in the middle of a good like a like a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Like, what God, what do you want from me next? What do I do next? And sometimes I wonder if the the answer is I don't want anything from you. Yeah, I don't. 
you're you're fine. Mm-hmm. Not you're fine, like everything's okay, but like I've, I'm not sitting around here now expecting some some amazing feat from this believer now yeah. in the middle of this. It's just literally like it's this is life, and I'm with you. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's maybe all I want is for you just to acknowledge that I am with you. Yeah. So Proverbs like, sixteen three is what I clung to, and Proverbs sixteen three says, "Commit yourselves to the Lord." And he will establish your plans. I didn't know what was next. Right. I had no clue, no understanding. I still couldn't fathom all that we were going through. Right. But the Bible says, commit yourselves to the Lord. So that's yeah. all I could do. Yeah. Lord, like, this day. is our family. This is this is the situation. And I also feel, and I didn't want to, like, chirp in because you were, like, really going heavy. But I also feel like that comment of, well, this didn't catch God off guard is such a bad caveat that believers yeah. use yeah. to to justify like well we knew, he knew this was coming and well yeah but he still is a broken-hearted king right who's broken-hearted for his people yeah. who's still a judge who's still a ruler like there are so many names for God that just cuz he knew it was coming doesn't make it any better see that's the it thing it does not make it better i think we should stay or away or make it okay Right, I think we should stay away from that a lot of times. Absolutely. Here, here's 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 why. Well, here's two things that that um, I don't remember where I got it, so I'm plagiarizing, <clears throat> but I'm acknowledging that I didn't come up with it. <laughs> but back kind of after the world wars and stuff, you know, that'll shift. That'll shift the culture. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what what we started doing is the church in, in the West. Again, I'm not picking on the West, but that's just where we are. But we what we started doing is two r's we wanted to romanticize everything and Mm -hmm. rationalize everything we want to romanticize the story like because we all love that good story right that good story about how you know uh you know i was doing this and then this bad thing happened and then this all happened and i went through this tragedy and then i met this person and then it changed this scenario and and then like now look at me and everything's great Mm -hmm. and i can look back and that's this beautiful romanticized story which is wonderful, yeah. by the way. I, everybody loves it. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's a great part of testimonies, but that's what but, we're looking for. But that's what we want. Exactly. There's a billion stories out there yep. that are not romantic. Nope. They're not romantic. Hallmark would just be like, no. Yeah. Like, we're not showing this. Not doing it. You know? Yeah. And then we want to rationalize everything. Like, we want to go like, well, God must be doing this so that... So that what? Yeah. So, so that what? That's like, I mean, I get it because I want that too. Yeah. I want to rationalize everything. I want to know. I want to know why things happen. I want to know yeah. how things work. But the truth is, is that we just won't. Yeah. Sometimes we just won't, you know. And yet we just, like you said, I just love that Proverbs sixteen: commit, commit your ways, commit yourself to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Just commit yourself to Him. Just commit to it. Yeah. Just commit. It didn't say commit yourself to the Lord when like everything's cool, yeah. like when everything's going okay, yeah. when everything's like copacetic. Commit yourself to the Lord. And if things get hard, you know, try to figure it out, but just see if you can stay yeah. committed. It's really just like commit yourself to the Lord. I mean, Job stayed committed. Yeah. Through it. You know, David stayed committed through it. And you know what? I just want to say this too. Um, David's pretty cool story. He made some really bad choices. Yeah, terrible choices. He's a really bad example mm-hmm. at a lot of th- Like, I wouldn't want my sons to just like be like him. Yeah. Now, there's certain characteristics I would want, you know, being brave and being mm-hmm. being repentant when you do wrong. He was and all submissive. That kind of stuff. He was submissive even in the face of, you know, uh, everything that Saul threw at him. 
I mean, that's there's certain that's, things. Yeah, there's certain there's things some you can traits run. in there. You don't want to write off a, a one person because of like yeah, some bad stuff that they did absolutely. for sure. But but anyways, but we, do, really, we do put a bunch of stock. In, we put a bunch of stock in David. <laughs> in David. And it's like ah. and we understand that was the lineage, you know, the lineage yeah. of David, <laughs> and you know, the man after God's own heart. All right. great things. But oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anyways, so shifting gears. So uh, we got a new segment. I'm going to introduce a new segment today. Okay. All right. All right. The new segment is questions from our listeners. It's questions from our listeners. Let's go. All right. I'm going to uh, introduce this segment, uh, questions from our listeners, and uh, our uh, initial question uh, asker comes from Linda Wright. Spilling the tea. That's what That's what we need to call it. Why is it called spilling the tea? I don't know. That's what she said. Well, I don't know. Let's think about that. Spilling I don't know if we... <laughs> Do you, where is well, that? Welcome to Spilling the Tea with Stephen and Sean. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Christina Yuri's going to listen to this and be like, oh, that's terrible. <laughs> I can already, <laughs> she's going to hear me say it the first time and she's going to go, like, ugh, no. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. Here we go. What's the heart uh, for worship? Okay, so a lot of this is related the first three questions are related to um being a worst pastor okay all right number one hardest class preparing in in college so okay so there's two answers i can give yeah one is like for my specific or the hardest like my specific major or like the hardest class i took period in college uh in college before i think uh, well, do do both, do music music related. Well, they're both music related, but one is not really. It didn't have a ton to do. Is right. music history? Oh yeah, no, that's the most difficult mine. class. Yeah, I took. Uh, I mean, right. just it I was agree. so difficult. But for me, for me, and we've talked about this before, is was piano. <laughs> I no matter how hard I practice, yeah. no matter how many hours I practice, yeah. for some reason my brain just could never. Just lock it in, and it was it was infuriating for my professors because they knew I was trying. But it was the most difficult thing in the world for me yeah. was to to get through piano courses. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then um, yeah, the same for me was music history. The rest I didn't really. I yeah, didn't, not piano. He's phenomenal. Piano. Well, I mean, I'm an average piano player, but like the um, yeah, that that those were. That, music history was just the hardest for me, mostly because honestly, I just wasn't that interested in it, which is terrible. But it was just like because I like I like I like history. Yeah, like I like finding like documentaries and watching like old like not old but like watching movies where they will yeah. remake something from history, especially like old England mm-hmm. stuff. That's pretty cool. But yeah, like Great Britain stuff. All right, um, most uh, useless class for worship pastor. Most oh. useful, most, most useful, useful, most useful class. Do you know yours? I'm just going to say like, for me, like I honestly would stick to the music side. And I think all of the, all of the music related classes that where you actually like learn how to do music things like mm-hmm. reading music, ear training, conducting yeah, theory is a huge theory. theory. One through four was like, you know, like game changers. That, that's that, that just, to me, those are, those were the most you know, useful. I'll tell you a class that I really enjoyed and that really helped me being a young guy, 
that didn't have a ton of, in a sense, church background in, in music, like my dad wasn't a pastor, right? right? You know, um, was hymnology. Yeah, hymnology was a great course a great for class. me to help understand, uh, you know, how hymns were written, why they were written, the the chord structure in which they were written in, mm-hmm. the lyrics, the people behind the songs, the story behind the songs, like those that that mattered. That yeah. mattered. That was really useful for me. All right. So, Most useless. Oh, jeez. Underwater basket weaving. You made... You, I didn't make that up. You didn't do underwater basket weaving. I didn't, weaving. but that was a class offered. Not at BCF. Bet. They did not, they did not okay. offer underwater I'm basket gonna, weaving. I'm going to call. All right. I'm going to call to the guys that I went to school with, and they will tell you that was on our catalog. Okay, we'll find out. Okay. Uh, Somebody yeah. just put it in there to be funny. Probably, but it was still in the catalog. Whatever, it was useless. Uh, most useless. I don't know. Useless. Oh, what was useless? Oh goodness, I had a few. I had a few late in my degree that were. Really I will say, like some of the some of just like the general classes I had to take, like not necessarily music related. I felt like were kind of. I'm like, okay, this is not not helpful. So, uh, it's going to be a really unpopular answer, but I feel like spiritual formations was not a strong class. Bro, for that me. was for me too. Like, like I knew, like I knew how to do a quiet time. It was I like knew to read journal, the Bible. I know. Quiet time, pray. Yeah, and you just had to prove it. You just had to that prove you it. Did it for I, a semester. I felt like it was weird. Yeah, it was yeah. super weird. Like so, that was. I didn't want to say that out loud on the I'll podcast. Say it. Okay, I'll say it. All right. What Wasn't is useless in the sense of like uh, useless, not as, useless, as a college but it's like class. the lowest level yeah. of class. Yeah. yeah, which which by the way, you know, that was um, uh, Robin Jumper. It's great, great dude. Yeah, great dude. Yeah. Just Anyways. felt like it was a waste of a credit or three credit hours. Um. All right. All right. Switching gears to mm-hmm. today. What is your prep for selecting the songs? What is your prep? Huh. Well, so the third week of every month, Stephen and I, and now Riley, sit down together in one of the offices around Planning Center, open up all of the services. Um, Normally, we already have our choir specials already pre-planned for the whole semester, so we've just dropped those in. And then um, I'm going to just shoot straight with everybody. A lot of it is Stephen going, ooh, I want to sing. Or, ooh, I want to sing. Or, ooh, what about, let's do this one. Ooh, and then we could go into this one. That's a lot of what happens. But that's not all the time. No. That's not all the time. Sometimes uh, sometimes I'll be like, hey, man, here's a new song. We haven't done it yet. And he's like, all right, let's 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 throw that one in there. Let's see how it goes. Um, but also, we just kind of look at what has worked really well over the last two or three months, and we want to keep it going. Um, because we talked about this in a previous podcast, songs have shelf lives. Yeah. And so we want to utilize it as much as we can before that uh, that expires. Um, so we go back, we look at the previous two months, and we just pull in any songs, or I'll bring them up in conversation while we're planning that, yep. hey, we did this one, this one, this one. These two went really, really well. Do you want to keep them, you know, keep them fresh in front of people? And that's, uh, that's what we do. And then Riley is in a little bit of a different situation. Um, because Stephen and I lead services kind of together, even if we're at different campuses. Right. So the Village Park 830 and 945 are identical. So he leads the 830. I co-lead it with him. But then I do the exact same service at 945. Right. 
And then the downtown 11 and Village Park 11 are identical as well. So we plan all of those together. Uh, Steven does the downtown 945. That's one of his favorite things to do. He sits and he's coming up with all sorts of, man, if I go from this him to that him <laughs> to that key change, if we do this, and he just, he has a blast doing that. Well, Riley takes what we do at Village Park 83945 for the month. Yep. And he does the same choir specials. But then we give him, hey, here's the songs we're doing. You know, let's try to keep in the same vein of, you know, what we're doing at Village Park, 830-945. Maybe pull one or two of those in over the month so that we're keeping songs in front of people that we're doing at a very similar yeah. service. Now, he's not mandated to do the exact same songs. Correct. He has the freedom to throw some songs in that uh, that he enjoys doing and that the South Campus folks enjoy singing. So right. there's a lot that goes into that, but a lot of it is really just sitting in front of a computer with three guys and going, all right, yeah, what, is, what is the church responding to? So we do it together. Yeah. It is a together activity. Um, Sean is really good about keeping new songs in front of us. He'll He'll listen to stuff, put it out there kind of on the text feed, and we'll check it out. Um, Which Cliff has a one for us. If you want to go ahead and listen to it, the uh, few of you that listen to us, Day After Day, Jesus Reigns. That's yeah. coming in January. That city, is that City, city of Light? City of Light, yeah. It's pretty song. Yeah, pretty it's song. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's decent. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so that's how that goes. Now, from like a prep, like if you're looking for like, if we have like this spiritual big prep time or anything like that, we don't, like we don't sit down and, like do long prayer times or anything like that. But it is um, something where I think it's just constantly attached to our walk and to our spiritual life mm-hmm. songs that are speaking to us. And we're, we're pretty good communicators to each other about that. Yeah. Um, and Riley, Riley, not yet, you know, but he's only been here, you know, a few weeks at this point. But um, so that's, that's kind of the prep is just like, Hey, where's our church at? Where are we at personally? What song speaking to me? Um, this song really hit me. Um, you know, can we use it? And then we do theme services, even if we don't theme it around the message per se, because we don't always know what that's going to be six weeks out. Cause we try to plan four to six weeks in advance, but, but, uh, the songs, usually we try to keep them in some type of congruent thought pattern, you know, moving forward as we, as we plan the service. So you just uh, kind of answered the next. Yeah, I just went ahead and put all that together. The yeah. salons, Uber, and visuals. So, so choir specials. That's a, that's a really good question, actually. Choir specials are really good. So one of the things that I've learned uh, since being here is I don't have to come up with a new song every single week for the choir. We can't do that. It's not. It's it's not accomplishable. Is that the right word? It's not achievable. Achievable. There you go. Thank thank you for that. Um, it's not necessary, really, and it's not necessary. So. What we'll do is, as we get closer to the end of uh, December, we will sit down, the three of us, uh, Riley will get included in that this year, and we go ahead and we plan January through May choir specials. And so we'll pull in some of our favorites that our choirs seem to really grasp hold of, that they sang really well, that they sang confidently, and we put those near the front of the month, so that way... We can go in strong. We can go in. They come in, they come into that first practice and walk out very confidently, uh, knowing the music. And then we start to sprinkle in some of the new stuff that we've purchased that we've all kind of agreed like, Ooh, this is going to go really well with our group. And we begin to trickle those in, trickle a few more in late in the semester. 
uh, of ones that they know really well because we also first Wednesday prayer is a lot of new music. So you have to add that into the rotation of rehearsal schedules. So that makes things a little bit murky. If we just went four songs we know and then 12 songs we don't know, right. uh, then we're going to be behind and we're not going to be ready for so, Sunday. So yeah, like you said, we we take those songs we do know, we disperse them throughout preparation time, which gives us a buffer mm-hmm. um, because those are easier so we can do. Because we do sing pretty much every week. Yep. And then we've added the first Wednesday prayer. All three campuses do the same choir specials. How do we pick the songs? We pick the songs kind of the same way we would pick congregational songs. Um, is it, you know, and a lot of this stuff is, is honestly personal preference and then the personal preference is developed based upon the atmosphere and environment we're in Mm -hmm. does it make sense so uh for instance you know we'll go we listen to music at a workshop and we we hear a song and we go wow that song sounds really cool it's a good arrangement oh the words are powerful on that one okay our choir could definitely do that. It sounds like we can hear a choir singing that. Okay, let's get that song. If it doesn't have a key change, I veto it. I don't like no. it. No. Got to have a key change. <laughs> That's where people it. get saved, man. People do get saved at key changes. <laughs> they surrender. Surrender at key changes. Surrender. There you go. They don't They don't accept. They yeah, surrender. They surrender. Uh, so, yeah. That's how choir specials work. As far as placement, uh, it just depends. Yeah. That's, that's a multifaceted level of like... You know, what, what songs are we singing that month? And on top of that, how hard is it going to be to learn? Just all yeah. that. So that's how we do that. All right. I think that covered. Then top three experiences leading worship and the bottom two experiences. Yeah. I don't know if I could tell you three top and two bottoms, but. I could, well, I'll I could tell you mine. Like one of mine was uh, college led worship for uh, when we were on a trip up in uh, Ithaca, New York. And led worship at an event and i just remember leading at that church and it was just really engaging um uh the second one i'll do a throwback on this and kind of give a shout out to orchestra players that are because i believe they're you know they're helping to lead in worship as well i was a junior high orchestra uh player we had gone on a a youth trip over the summer um with first baptist jacks and i was in the orchestra I played trumpet and we did this arrangement of the old rugged cross and uh, it was like this fresh arrangement that had just been written, and our youth orchestra did it. And something happened in it. I don't even remember what happened, but I remember just playing the or- playing my trumpet, and the music was so moving, and the way the song was written captured the text so well. We're, we weren't even singing words, but it captured. It was like there were words being sung, but they weren't being sung. Like it was, it was that just so well arranged. And something happened in the song that it opened up. It went from this dark, ominous, old rugged cross thing, and it opened up into this really just alive thing. And in that moment, like I just was crying, playing my playing my trumpet in middle school orchestra in somewhere in North Carolina, Wilmington, I think. And the church started just in the middle, like at this moment when the feel of the music changed the, this entire church i remember it was like a little balcony this beautiful old country this church just beautiful just started cheering applauding at a youth mm-hmm. orchestra playing old rugged cross nothing crazy it wasn't like we hit all these screaming high notes and did these sweet licks it was just like the music was so yeah breathtaking and then um i mean i i will say this the third is first off like just every time i get a lead worship i love it and i love leading our church and i've had a like just 
hundreds, if not thousands, of wonderful experience doing that. But some of my favorite experiences are leading for conferences and events, leading for women's retreats, I've led some men's retreats, and then getting to lead for the Florida Baptist Convention uh, a couple years ago. That was a just a dude. Good, yeah, it was great experience. That was really good. It was crazy. I was at that one. That was really. It good. was just good, man. And like I don't know, like we our group just connected. I felt like we just connected with the room so quickly, uh, and the Lord was so gracious. I remember. I remember that one. I know this is not a story time, but whatever, it's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I told the choir this. I, and it, it kind of makes me emotional, too. Um, but I remember leading at the convention. Man, that was – it was hard. Like, it was hard work. It wasn't hard, like, it was because it was fun. But it was hard work to prepare because you're just it's so disjointed and you're up and down and you're up and down. And you know, you know how I like to lead. I like to, I like to be with the people. Like I want to be with the people. So it's really hard to be with the people when I got to walk backstage and I got to walk back on stage and I got to walk back, you know. But, uh, remember there's this, this older fella. It's like he was, uh, we were in, uh, we were at the church of the mall. I think it's called Lakes Church now. They have a cool, uh, sanctuary that was remodeled like in a Target or something like that. But you, um, you look straight and there's like slope seating slightly sloped right in front of you off the stage. And then it's a, then it's a steeper slope going up kind of stadium style and right up, like right up on the first row of the steeper slope section. So just almost like line of sight every time he didn't do it on purpose, but there's this old guy that sat there, you know, like a old, you know, he's short, white hair, balding, um, suspenders, a little bit of a belly. Look nice though. Always had his suspenders, white shirt, black pants. And like every time, everything we sang, he was in it. He, he was just in it. He was, he was just, it had nothing to do with us. He was just ready. Like he just wanted, he wanted to worship. Like, and he was, I mean, cause we did a lot of hymns and we did a lot of just everything. And I try to really moderate what I did so that it wouldn't play to one side or the other. It was just, you know, achievable. And this guy sang every session and he sat right there and he just sang and he sang and he was engaged. And it wasn't just like he was just engaged because it was music, but like we would hit a part in the song where it was like a, like a moment, one of those where it just says something where it makes the, the song builds to that point, maybe not musically, but lyrically builds that point, And then you make a statement like the resurrection or the cross or forgiven sins or just whatever beautiful thing that God's done for us. And like in those moments, he would just react. And I was like, there's this, you know, and I created this imaginary world that this guy, who this guy was, you know, he's just this, who knows who he was, who knows who he was. But in my mind, I created this, like, here's this laborer that's been preaching for probably 60 years. And he loves Jesus and he's in a small church and he ministers to his people and he loves to sing and he loves to hear God's word and he loves to preach God's word. And here he is just getting refreshed and getting encouraged, hearing some preaching, doing some singing and he's loving it and he's in it. And I was like, that's the kind of dude I want to be, you know, when I'm 60, when I'm 70, I mean, even now I want to be that guy, but when I'm 60, I'm 70. I want to be a guy that no matter what song fires up, 
whether it's come that found or battle belongs, I'm just, I was leaning into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That was one of my, that, that weekend, that weekend, it was exhausting. I was sick too, but it was exhausting, but it was one of the greatest, that was one of the greatest worship experiences. Mm. I think worship leading experiences I've ever had. It was awesome. And that guy, that guy was a huge part of it. Yeah. That was fun too, though. I threw the, I did a Steven, my, uh, our tech, if any of our tech crews listening, like you'll like, you'll like, <laughs> I did, Phil was there. Like, I'm sure Phil probably warned that dude. And the dude was like one of these really like retentive tech guys that ran it. He was really good at what he did though. But, um, one of the preachers was preaching and he finished, he finished and he was like, um, he quoted, he quoted like the end of a hymn or whatever. And I heard it and I was, cause you know, I'm pretty good about being cued to get out. Like when it's my go, like I'm like, you know, I'll stage yeah. for, for as flighty as I can be. Like, I don't miss, I'm like ready to go. Mm-hmm. Like at the funeral today, I was like, let's go. Yep. Cause I knew that dude was landing. And I'm like, I don't want, let's we're in. Yep. So like I get out there on the mic and you know, we had a set plan <laughs> and I just started singing that hymn that that dude started quoting and like my band was like, they were just like, yeah, okay, this is, we knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I think it was all like, planning, all of the planning center is alive. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I think it was like, he just was like, it's sinners plunged beneath that flood. Lose all their guilt. Oh, I things. mean, how are you not supposed to sing though? Like, I know, dude. I know, on. dude. But I walked out and I was just like, just strumming my guitar. Like, there is yeah. a fountain. Exactly what you should have done. Filled with blood. And you could see, like, the people in the room, it was like, whew. Yeah. Like, we didn't have words. We didn't have lyrics because they didn't know it was coming. <laughs> they didn't know it was coming, you know? Yeah. But, like, dude, the whole place, like, the whole place just grabbed it. Just, I don't know, man. Moments like that, dude. Just getting to, ah, so good, dude. Yeah. Just getting to sing with the body. What a gig. What a gig. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and I'll call it a gig because it's my job. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Yeah. And I That's love right. it. I'm called to do it, but it's a job. <laughs> yeah. It's my gig. It is awesome. It's fun. Anyways, all right. I think I'll give you enough time with all that nonsense to uh, come up with your some of your experiences. Yeah, so the first one would be senior year of high school, Christmas Eve service. I had been spending the my senior year with my worship pastor at the time, building really good relationship and uh, spending a lot of time learning how to lead worship, been on, you know, Praise team, singing souls and choir, leading student worship, all of that. Well, he said, hey, man, listen, uh, talk to the pastor, and uh, I'm going to be out of town on Christmas Eve. And this is at uh, First Baptist Inverness. It was running probably about eight, 900 folks uh, at the church. And he said, and I need you to lead Christmas Eve. And, uh, you know, I hadn't really fully surrendered. I didn't really know what the Lord was calling me to do. Um, and so I, you know, nervous as I'll get out, get up, do Christmas Eve. But kind of what you were just explaining, like I experienced that for the first time, like that sense of I get to do this and this is the response of the people of God. This is the sound of people praising God. And I'm just the guy that's orchestrating it and seeing that it all happens and pointing their attention to Christ. And you know, that was that moment that I realized like, man, this is, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is what God's gifted me to do. Um, and so that was, that was one of them. Uh, 
Another one I was thinking about was, and you kind of talked about it when it comes to uh, you know leading conferences and everything like that. Uh, at first, Shipley they did a huge men's conference every single January, um, and two years ago, the year before I I, I made the transition here, um, we did we did a great set. I'm not just saying that because I picked it all out, but it was just a great set, super responsive, uh, super engaged, but we got through the first few songs and then we just kind of stopped and we sang it as well with my soul. And, you know, it was like 700 guys in this room, like men, like men voices, just who man. And I just pulled my ears out, put my microphone away and I just kind of conducted us through it. You know, and we just, I stopped the tracks and just let them sing. That was a really, really powerful and just cool moment. I was crying like a baby up on platform. But, you know, because men get such a bad rap for singing and for, you know, they don't worship. They don't respond. Our guys here sing. Yeah. It's crazy. But it was just really cool to see and hear and watch that. Um, And then the, the, I mean, the latest one was Sunday. Yeah. It's the first time I got to sing with. My, my boys, yeah, you know, on the platform, they're both standing next to me, and that yep. was that was a really cool moment, you know. And Max is about to be in sixth grade, and so it was kind of yeah. his last year in kids' choir. Right. And EJ's been dealing with a lot of just kind of anxiety and fear about that, but he finally he was solid, dude. Dude, like he so, like kicked it. He finally just kind of looked at us because I told him that Max was singing with me. He goes, well, "Why didn't you ask me?" Well. I was like, well, bud, because every time I ask you, you get you get nervous. You don't even want to stand up there for kids' choir. So I ain't scared no more. I ain't scared no more. That's what he told me. Nice. He said, I ain't scared no more. Yeah, because he, he sang kids' choir. I want to sing with you. He sang kids' choir. Yeah. yeah. So those are those are three big ones I that I can it. at least answer. Now, right. two worse ones. All right, go for it. I already know one off the top of my head. Yeah. So I was singing at a funeral <laughs> in Alabama <laughs> at a church, and uh lady asked me, to sing Go Rest High on That Mountain for her husband's right. funeral. Yep. I didn't know the song that well, number one. So I had to learn it, and I learned it, mm-hmm. and I sang it. And I thought I did an okay job. Apparently, I didn't. So one of the deacons come up to me after the service and said, Hey, if I die, please don't sing that song at my funeral. Maybe it had nothing to do with how well you did with it. Maybe he just didn't like the song. No. I'm not finished yet. Oh, Mary and Joseph. I said, well, what do you mean, sir? He said, you just can't sing that song and give it the justice it's due. (sighs) It just wasn't enough twang in your voice. Yeah, that's okay. Well, I know. I know. It's all. But like, that was the first time somebody like ever looked at me and went, yeah, you didn't do a good job. And that was again, I know it's his opinion, but I was just like, yeah, well, okay. That was like, it was a terrible feeling. Yeah, it is. Now, I, we could go through a list of technical issues. Yeah. And we, but that's a, that's a terrible worship feeling. Like, that's pretty bad. Hey, like, yeah. I just hear being there with your family, pointing. Uh, uh, please don't ever sing that song again. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. First time. So, that's all. There's one. I, I was thinking of another, but yeah. One time I was leading worship at a camp in front of a bunch of kids, and my guitar strap fell. Just drop my guitar straight on the ground. <laughs> my guitar strap just popped off. <laughs> Been there, done that, dude. Yeah, dude, that's the worst. Yep. That was a bear. They all started laughing at me. You like catch it, like you catch no, it, but you I know, hit, like, hit the ground. I know, but like then you have other ones where like it pops and you like you catch it, but like you're still like trying to sing the song. You're like, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It's Those really, are the worst. Yeah, yeah. That one was pretty bad. No, I mean, I've just had, yeah, I've had, yeah, I've had just a lot of <laughs> not great experiences where I just messed stuff up, you know. 
Ableton just, refiring the same song. Yeah. Bluetooth pedals not working. Yeah. Lyrics not being up on the screen. Lights going the wrong. Yeah. Uh, you could, we could go down a whole list of uh, bad. Yeah. Pretty much on a monthly regular that something in this area is probably. One time I was singing, um, in a patriotic song. Um, I have another one. Keep going. And I was trying to lead it from the guitar. And I just started in the wrong key. And there was no way on this planet I was going to be able to sing it where it was going. <laughs> and so I just changed keys randomly in the middle of it to work for my voice and then quit playing guitar. It was messed up. You ever done the wrong time signature in a song? Like if your song's supposed to be in 4-4 four, four, and you played in 3-4 and you're like, oh, crud. And then yeah, you ever I've had, done that, that, had yeah. that happen a few times? One time I was leading in the lady, uh, we were doing Amazing Grace, my chains were gone, are gone, is is gone. And she's played it in 3-4 three, three, instead of 4-4. Four, four. Like the original Amazing Grace is in 3-4. Yeah. And I was like stuck. I was stuck. The orchestra was look like it was, and I, you know, I gave it two, three, four, bum bum How did you salvage that? Amazing great. Like I had to like stretch it. I had to force my will. Wow. It was rough, dude. It was rough. I fired her after that. I walked out and I was like, hey, like this will be our last week together. It was a culmination of things. I've done that twice with piano players mm. where they were just so bad. So bad that I had to just be like, this isn't going to work in the hallway. I was like, I will. I'll take it from here. Okay. Are you going to tell? All right. I got one more. All right. This is it. This is it. So when I was in college, I was in a course and it was a technology course. So I was leading chapel one day, and the guy that was in charge of the, of the technology for the course mm-hmm. had to look at the planning center order, make sure the lighting, and blah, 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 blah. I did not specify, it was Christmas time, I did not specify what version of the Bible to use for an opening scripture reading. Oh, you had the King James. I had the King James version, mm-hmm. and it was Mary riding on the donkey. Yep. But in no, the KJV, I don't understand. I don't understand. Donkey? What's wrong with the word donkey? It wasn't the word donkey, Stephen. What word was it, Sean? I'm not going to answer that because this is this is why I say it was the worst worship leading experience. No, I just want to ask you. I didn't. What word? What word was it? <laughs> it, was a, it was the butt word. I was just asking. Yes. <laughs> so, Doctor Kinchin sitting on the front row, dying laughing. He's. Dying. The sweetest man in the world. Because the lyrics come up, or the scripture comes up, and my eyes go bug-eyed. Because I immediately see that it's King James Version. And so it's a collaborative reading together. That was what was set up. So you had the whole, you just had the whole chapel. I couldn't say the word. You didn't say it? I couldn't. Like, I uh, could, I know, I know, but I could not bring myself to say it. You know who, you know who will say it? King Jimmy. I know. And I just, and it was so awkward. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me yep. like, in terms of just from at that point. I'd never had something like that before in worship leading. And everybody in the chapel, they're laughing because I like, I would go. And Mary wrote on the, and she was, you know, and then, and Mary was on the, 
And I just wouldn't. How many like, times I, did it say it in the passage? It was two or three. Jeez Louise. Yeah, yeah. Slow your roll with the profanity. <laughs> but it was the worst. It was so embarrassing. I was red. I was just red faced. Like uh-huh. barely. I couldn't even like start the first song. Like I had to like, like get my composure back. Because yeah. it's like, oh, this is the worst. I bet they never ask you to do it again. No, I didn't do scripture reading anymore after that. I don't believe in it. So. Yeah. <laughs> no more scripture in church all right everybody well we're podcasting from the bottom floor of the c building um, behind the sanctuary in a small secluded room padded for soundproofing with pads we ordered off of amazon.com for all your soundproofing needs <laughs> to our friend in norway and uh you know you know Keep uh, keep keep lamenting out there, folks. Keep your lament game strong. That's a really deep conversation today. Yeah, yeah. It's not as Thursday. funny. It's not as funny as normally. Yeah, yeah. We apologize for that, but we don't apologize. Let's tell you about how I used to tell the joke jokes to the nursing homes when we would go sing. I would tell the same jokes every week, and it would drive the joy choir crazy. <laughs> but they <laughs> drive them crazy because they. <laughs> I would be like, hey, guys, this is a uh, choir that we travel around, and we like to sing for different uh, rehab and nursing facilities in the area. You know, we meet every week at 2.30, which is also a great time to go to the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and, no one, and the people are always just looking at me like. Again? Really? Well, no, I hear the groans behind me, and the people that are sitting in front of me around the room go, looking at me like, what? I thought this was bingo. Oh, hey Yeah, it's true. It did. Anyways, hey, everybody. Uh, what a big, just a big shout out to our church for a uh, wonderful Christmas weekend uh, and start to the Christmas season. Uh, big shout out to my staff as well. Did an amazing job. Um, and then, uh, of course, our choir, orchestra, band, singers, children's choir, tech crew, everybody in that whole circle uh we're excited about our upcoming um gathering for just a kind of a end of the year celebration for christmas uh with that crew and um and then uh christmas eve is going to be a busy one we're going to do uh uh uh, 9 10 and 11 and 4 5 and 6 and the rotation will be in both sets of hours south downtown village park so 9 south 10 downtown 11 village park and then four, five, six, same order. So should be uh, straightforward. All the same services. Hope you'll come out and join us with one of those. Invite people to church. Bring people, uh, and um, let's um, let's see what God's going to do as we worship together. Blessings so long, everybody. We wish you a merry.